a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Utah to Ohio State. It's Rose Bowl week for the Utes, and we're getting you ready for kickoff. You're listening to Jake Scott and Ben Anderson on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Jakey Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson, the Rose Bowl tomorrow. Shout out to everybody who's down there. It's rainy, but it's not this. We got a bunch of snow all night. So shout out to everybody who went down there and is having a good time. Uh, the shows that are going to be broadcasting live down there. We got a restaurant down in, uh, in Pasadena where we've got a bunch of the, the Zone crew hanging out. It's awesome. The weather's fine in Southern California this morning. You know how I know that? Because I listen to DJ and PK. Oh, and- PK is one of those guys that really talks about it when it's sunny and nice, when everybody else is slogging through the snow. And I thought to myself, wow, that's great, Pat. So excited for you. Yeah, but he's old. That's what old people talk about. Uh, We're going to talk to that old guy coming up in about half an hour. We are at 1130. I'm sure he'll give us an update on what what beach he's at or whatever. Uh, No, but so glad that uh, we can provide the coverage. I mean, this is the biggest game in Utah football history, arguably. And uh, it's pretty cool that we've got a bunch of people down there covering it top to bottom and delivering the coverage to the listener and sports fan uh, in a really grand fashion. It's Digital great. Digital and radio. TSLsports.com, The Zone, we got you covered. You're not going to find better coverage of it. And PK will be with us uh, coming Plus up TV. at 1130. KSL's actually, I don't know if people know, it's a TV station. Who'd they send down there? The Sam or Jeremiah? I don't think Jer's down there. I don't think Sam's down there either. Sam's tweeting about the fires in Denver. So that, there, there will be people down there. Probably not leaving until today, though. Scary story, sir. The the fires Horrendous. in Denver. Horrendous. Yeah. I, I, it's crazy I, we're getting this weather, and they usually get our weather a day after us, and they uh, they haven't been getting it. 20-something houses, or was it more than that? And it's like in, I, like, I saw a, it on the news. It's like in major suburbia. Yeah. It's not you know the outskirts. Like We get these kind of still sad, but these small towns in California Horrible. that burn up that are built in the mountains. No, that's not what's going on. Including a Colorado assistant coach who I saw was tweeting about it last night where he, he just everything gone. I mean, he's just, wow, awful. Um, Utah, Ohio State, Ben, Cam Rising. He's a gamer. You expect him to have a good game? Because I do. I was thinking about this this morning. I don't know if he throws for 400 yeah, yards or thing. not. But T- Tell me what a good game is from Cam Rising. It might be 135 yards... Two touchdowns, four carries for 
36 yards and it's one of the best call it's one of the best quarterback games Utah's ever gotten because he's such a gamer he plays such the smartest right most correct way all the time okay a good game for Cam Rising is immeasurable for this reason a good game for Cam Rising is whatever his team needs exactly which which is very we compared him to Brian Johnson the other day I feel even more strongly about that comparison going to go in there and he has a confidence not necessarily an ego which is another thing that i think is cool about him right if he had an ego he would have transferred out of utah years ago yep doesn't have any but he has that confidence that you cole fatheringham talked to us about it um and uh i think i think he will make the plays necessary for utah to win if they lose it won't be because of cam rising and i'm not saying you know, he won't make a mistake or have an interception sure. or something like that. But they won't lose the game because of quarterback play, which you haven't always been able to say about Utah in the Pac-12 era. Yeah. PK needs to go now? All right. Well, we're going to... We're going to call... We're going to throw PK. our plan out the window and, and get right to... We know who calls the shot. Patrick Kinahan. So, just talking about... before we, We'll get him on the phone here in just a minute. The best game so far of Cam Rising's career at the University of Utah. I'm trying to look at his the most yards he had through the air. What do you think it was? He had a couple games where he had one game where he broke 300. That was USC because uh, of course he had the the hail mary that that accounted for what 50 of those yards. Yeah. He had another game up at 290, so he was close to 300. But he only had four games this season where he threw more than 200 yards. So let so about thirty percent of Utah's games he was above two hundred. The rest of the games really and and all four wins. So this is really kind of the sweet spot for him: one hundred and seventy yards to one hundred and seventy nine yards. He had four games where he was in that area, and Utah was really good. Now, of course, against Stanford, Utah was able to run the ball like crazy. Washington State, they were able to run the ball. They didn't need him to be great out there. He didn't play against Weber State, but one hundred and seventy nine yards or one hundred and seventy at Oregon, one hundred and seventy eight against Oregon the second time. 179 against Colorado, 179 against UCLA. That's kind of his sweet spot. And he's going to get you a touchdown, two touchdowns. He's not going to turn the ball over, uh, but you're going to move the ball consistently, and he's going to hand the ball off to Tavion Thomas. All right. Uh, joining us now uh, on the Smart Rain special guest line, Smart Rain state-of-the-art uh, smart irrigation controller helps with first-class water management. Visit smartrain.net to learn how to save 30 to 50% on your commercial property's water costs. Call 877-346-3333. Of course, you hear him every single morning on DJ and PK. He's our friend Patrick Kinahan live from Los Angeles. What's going on, PK? Man, guys, I was just enjoying it. Ben Anderson, basketball expert, breaking it down as if he's ready to be the next John Madden. That was sweet. Well, someone's got to fill those shoes, and I say, why not me? <laughs> but they don't send me to the Rose Bowl. They send you to the Rose Bowl because they know you're going to do a better job of it than I will. So what, set the scene for us. Hey, when did you get down there? How long have you been down there? And what have you been able to, uh, to take in, or, or what are you seeing around town? Well, I got down on Wednesday, and thankfully I bought my galoshes. You guys ever wear galoshes? Exclusively. <laughs> Even in the summer. <laughs> yesterday, the last two days, they've literally had record-setting rain uh, here. And so there wasn't a lot going on. Like the Utes had their team picture in front of the Rose Bowl, and it was raining the whole time. And I think Ohio State canceled their picture, figured, well, we're here all the time. So we got one we can just put out there and change a few faces. 
But today is a glorious Southern California day, which is pretty sweet because Jake uh, Hatch told me this morning that it was snowing like crazy where you guys are. So I'll see you guys around April if that's okay. And <laughs> uh, now you've got utes all over the place, man, just all over the place. They are uh, coming in droves like Mark Harlan said they would. Uh, I think Mark Harlan will be on with uh, Alex and Scott later today. Scott Mitchell went to some big exclusive party in Bel Air uh, area of uh, Beverly Hills. So you got your Beverly Hills proper, and you got like Bel Air, and you got Hancock Park. Well, those are like exclusive areas of the Bel Air of Beverly Hills. Just to give you an idea, some youth fan hosted a party in uh, the house. Scott said it was like $30 million, something that that Jake's parents live in high up on the cold there. Wait, PK, I always hear people calling you a Utah fan on Twitter. So you weren't hosting this party? No. In fact, I said this morning, yeah, it's funny. I love when I get on. They used to bother me back in the day, but now I just relish it. Yep, I'm a Ute fan. Absolutely. I'm a Cougar fan. Absolutely. And I said, well, Scott got invited because he was a distinguished alum. I got invited to work there as a servant because I'm an undistinguished bum. Uh, But uh, it was a while, not a wild time, but it was a high roller time. And uh, he'll talk about it later today. So as far as the scene, you're really starting to see it. Uh, A number of Utah folks all over the place. We're downtown in the media hotel and it's just just a few yards north of what used to be the stable center and crypto.com whatever they call it now and it's like a nine iron away or for jake that would be a, a lob wedge for me it'd be a seven iron and uh next door to that is where Ohio state's playing next door to that or not playing but staying and next door to that is where utah is sustaining so it's really starting to amp up as far as setting the scene, and I'm certainly excited for tomorrow. PK, Ben and I were just talking about Cam Rising, and he's he's a gamer, right? I mean, he he goes out there and, and makes the plays that his team needs him to make, which isn't necessarily the most measurable thing. Uh, you know, just because he didn't have 350 yards doesn't mean he didn't have a really great game. Uh, I would assume you agree with that premise. So give us the best way to measure if Cam Rising has a good game. They win. Um, that's, that's, that's a great way to measure. He just does whatever's necessary. Do I need to scramble a little bit because the pocket's collapsing? And I got to get seven yards, but Kayvon Thibodeau is chasing me, and he's got the angle. So I'll just kick it into a gear that most folks don't think I've got, and I'll get a foot past the yard marker and get out of bounds so he doesn't clobber me in the next week, right? That's a play we saw on Rice Eccles, did we not? We saw a play uh, in Vegas' Allegiant Stadium where he breaks through. Next thing you know, it's got a DB, and he's pulling away from him. Right? And I got a funky passing attack because you know, they never really have had a prolific passing attack under Kyle Whittingham. But this year, of all things, they're featuring tight ends left and right. Literally. It's crazy. They may have three tight ends playing in the NFL. They haven't had a tight end play in the NFL since who knows when. They might have three guys off of this team. One of them has already decided Fotheringham to go. 
turn missionaries who's got some age on them there, and the other two decide they're going to come back. So he finds those guys, and then occasionally he pops a, uh, a wide out. And we know we got Britton Covey in the slot, too. Littlest guy in the, on the field, usually. But he finds ways to find him, get him out in space. The kid's extremely tough to tackle. And then, of course, you know, you got the staple, the running game. It's always been there for a winning hand. Every day, every year, every game, guys we don't even know about. Who knew Tavion Thomas? I didn't know about him until August. He's a thousand-yard rusher. So Cam holds all this stuff together, and he's he's really a chill Southern California dude. He's got the long hair. Uh, Back in the day when you used to produce uh, our show, Jake, years ago, DJ would call you Spicoli for the you know the fast times thing. Yeah, right. You've aged out of the Spicoli. You're a middle aged dude with kids and a girl dad and all that stuff, and so you're not that anymore. But he's he Cam Rising is Spicoli, man. He's just hey, dude. Hey, smirks, carries on. Is not really loud. Doesn't draw attention to himself, but he just makes plays. It's really amazing. PK is with us, 97.5 and uh, 12.80 The Zone. What do you make of Ohio State, PK, and the talk of not wanting to be there and players checking out? And what, uh, you know, uh, you could take it on the field if you want, but what do you make about all that conversation? Well, I think the NCAA should give them the death penalty. <laughs> all right, now we're talking. Punitive. <laughs> Go after them big time. Scholarships. <laughs> yeah, just make them a basketball program. This is something Mike Conley can feel more proud about uh, Ohio State. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's a blow. Uh, I wrote about it, and I was told (laughs) the thing must have got um, back to Ohio because I was told at at KSL, and this is the last day of the year, I was told the page views, I was just told this about an hour ago, that the page views on what I wrote and posted it on Tuesday, the page views it is number seven highest ranked uh, viewed story in KSL this year. Oh, they call that a home run. That's a news biz. <laughs> that's a news business term. They call that a home run. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so they uh, were, were telling me, like, usually, you know, the cycle stays up for a few hours and then it drops and eventually it just sort of fades, fades away. And he was telling me that this thing didn't fade away for the whole week. And and so it obviously touched the nerve because I think it's true. I think it taints the prestige of the Rose Bowl. There's no other way to say it. Now, I realize I got all sorts of bias. I grew up in Phoenix, Arizona for my teens and my 20s. And when I got there, the Devils had already graduated from the WAC to the Pac-10, right? And it was a big, big deal. And to me, it still is a big deal. And maybe I'm an old fogey, but I hold on to that tradition. And these guys didn't want to play in that. Why couldn't they do what the Utes did? You've got a bunch of guys that have declared for the draft, and they're going to play in this game, and then they're going to go on and, and try their hand in the NFL, and we wish them luck. And well, at the same time, I understand, hey, it's your life. You get to choose what you want. You're not breaking any laws. So I support your ability to choose it, but I still think it it taints the prestige of the Rose Bowl. This has nothing to do with youth. I was shocked at the number of youth fans 
and there's some of their small-time mentality that took it as a criticism of Utah, because it's absolutely not a criticism of Utah. It's more a criticism of the status of the times in which we live, that somebody would think the Rose Bowl isn't good enough for me. As a receiver, too, half the time you just kind of jog two or three yards. They had a 1,000-yard rusher in Anderson, so obviously they're going to use him. Uh, you know, and if you're blocking somebody, well, you're blocking a DB. You're not worrying about blocking a linebacker or some charging bull of a 300-pound defensive lineman, right? And you're worried about that. Okay, fine, you sat out. I think it's a blow. I think it's a blow to the team at the receiver. You're losing two of their top three receivers, but they still got their top receiver back. He's over 1,000 yards. I already said they got a 1,000-yard rusher. Stroud had a phenomenal season as a quarterback. You look at the stats between Rising and Stroud, and you think, my gosh, Hoff State's got a major advantage there. This kid, and he didn't even play uh, last year. His first snaps were this year, and he was sensational. He's just a redshirt freshman, man. So knowing that those guys are out, all right, it sort of sucks, but it doesn't take away from the actual game. It's, it takes away from the prestige of the Rose Bowl. The fact is, you look at Shroud, right? What's he doing now? He can make himself eligible for the draft this time next year. So he's got 13, 14 games if they get to the playoffs, maybe more. And what are these games for him? Yeah, you want to win for the Buckeyes and go scarlet red, but you're basically auditioning for the NFL, this is an audition for the NFL tomorrow. So you mean to tell me, and he's a Cucamonga kid, which is which is kind of fun to say, a Cucamonga kid, if you think about it. You guys should try to say it. Just, he's a Cucamonga kid. It just feels good to say it. It's like an elf when he sees the uh, one worker. Oh, Francisco, that's a fun name to say. And I'm getting off, but what the heck, it's your show, not mine, so I can do this. Yeah, you never get DJ off track Rain. on your show. Yeah, I don't have DJ reining me in, telling me to shut up, and, and you know, you're, I'm not in studio right now, so I can't see if you guys are rolling your eyes anyway, so I'm just going to go. This is a free association here. So he's a Cucamonga kid. Again, say it, he's a Cucamonga kid. He's going to want to light it up. This is a hometown game, basically. So I think they're going to get whoever's available for you, uh, Ohio State, they're going to get their best efforts. And this is not going to be an easy task with or without these guys who are not there for the Buckeyes. Let's talk some bowl games that are not the Rose Bowl. Uh, Jake's going to ask you about the Pac-12 coming up here in just a minute, so prep your take there. But what about the uh, the big playoff games today? What do, you, what do you expect? Do you see Michigan beating Georgia? And what do you see between uh, Alabama and Cincinnati? Well, I mean, obviously we expect Alabama to roll, right? They're Alabama. Do we remember a time that Alabama didn't roll? Uh, so 2008, something like that? I can't remember. <laughs> right, we're going back a long time. I can't remember. That's where I got Nerd Boy DJ. He can remember that stuff off the top of his head. I got a life. He, he so puts all this stuff in his mind, and he just recites it verbatim. I can't do it. So it's basically like uh, Alabama's like LeBron, maybe not this year, but for years and years, is like, well, I'm not going to count LeBron out of the playoffs until his team loses four games. It's the same type of philosophy here. I'm not going to count Alabama out until I actually see them lose, Right. I mean, Bryce Young in the Georgia game with the SEC title game, wow, he looked awesome. He was the best quarterback I'd ever seen. He was throwing bullets all over the field, right? And so they seem to be peaking. Cincinnati's the underdog. It'd be fun to see the G5 and the Fick man, Luke Fickle, get his team there. And they're really good. I don't care what league you're in. You go undefeated. And that league is decent enough, the AAC. It's not like it's a chopped liver league by any stretch. So... Uh, you look at what Houston, Houston went 12-2, and two, right? That's a pretty good team. Now, both of these teams are joining BYU along with Central Florida. 
going into the Big 12, uh, BYU, year after next, and we'll see when the other teams join. So they're a representative team. And I know Georgia's gotten a lot of hype this year, but I'm wondering maybe Michigan is better than we think. So right now, if I'm choosing, I'm not betting because I never do. I'm too tight and don't make enough money to do that. But I would go with Alabama and Michigan. So, PK, last thing for me before we let you go. Um, ben and I are watching Central Michigan shut out Washington State right now, 13-0, to zero, with 10 minutes to go in the second quarter. Washington State just had maybe one of the worst field goal attempts I've ever seen. Uh, that ended up uh, with the kicker getting tackled in the backfield. Uh, the Pac-12 is not... Oh, it's just terrible. The, the Pac-12 has been terrible uh, in the bowl season. And I don't know, I don't know like, if, if you want to comment on, on where these other programs are. I guess my question is, I mean, are some of these coaching changes enough to turn this league around? And Utah might ultimately get the most important win and salvage some rep for the league. But some of these programs are just dreadful. I mean, are we are we close to a turnaround, or what's got to happen? A lot of things got to happen. You know, the Lincoln-Riley thing, Ben spoke of a home run. We'll see a ton of hype with SC. And I think that if you can find premier nationally ranked teams at the top, the rest – really doesn't matter. You look at the SEC. I mean, they've been sucking in bowls, right? Their bowl record, if that means anything. I think it's overstated myself. But the but, league wasn't good this year. It wasn't. Oh, you're speaking of the Pac-12? Yeah. Right. No, I know, I know, I know. But the point I'm making is get some premier teams at the top, and then you can be like the ACC with Clemson. And that's what the Pac-12 doesn't have. It doesn't have a premier team at the top. I think that... Uh, Whittingham and Ludwig had a brain fart going with, uh, what's his face, Brewer. Yep. Who's to say what would have happened if Rising would have been the starter from day one? They, they may be playing today instead of tomorrow. It's not out of the realm, but nevertheless, it didn't happen. So, yeah, the league has to get better. The great thing about it is I interviewed in group settings with Larry Scott, the former commissioner, and he was – I don't know what he's doing now, but I think he's got a shot at their Iraqi uh, minister of information job. Because everything was so positive. Well, I go to the Pac-12 title game, and they do this state of the conference with Kalavkov, and he's right off, right up top saying, we've got to keep guys that are from California and so forth in our area. We've got to keep them in our schools, man. We're not doing a good enough job. So in order to fix the problem, you've got to address the problem, right? And Larry seemed to always sweep it under. Oh, things are great here, man. Where's my private jet and my $2,000 night hotel in Vegas? You know what I mean? Well, Klavkov is addressing the problem. Can he make a difference? Remains to be seen. They're, at least they're trying. At least they're identifying what the issues are, trying to fix them. They created that uh, star-studded former alumni committee of Winch Lincoln Kennedy, who's on our station during the season, on it. Steve Smith, former youth great, and a bunch of other guys that we all recognize who played in the conference. You know, they're trying to address the issues. But, yeah, you're right, Jake. This is a weak weekly. The South Division absolutely sucks. I spin it any other way. And it's like, okay, you bring in these coaches, and, you know, let's see, who's in his fourth year in the South? Unless you're Whittingham, if you're in the fourth year, you know what that means? You're a year away of getting fired. And then we play the musical chairs game again. This time next year, if Herm Edwards is coaching Arizona State, I'm pulling back my $25 annual donation. I'm not going to do it anymore. <laughs> Cancel Get somebody in there who knows what the hell they're doing and can build something like Whittingham did at Utah. And until they have that, no, 
they're going to be running in place. But at least old George at the top recognizes the problem and is trying his best to fix it. We'll see if they can. Have you heard the story, Ben, about PK at Herm's first Pac-12 media day? I have. I was there. Where <laughs> first question, PK goes, you know, Herm, I've watched a lot of coaches come and go and really suck over the years. Why should I why, think that you're not going to suck? <laughs> what makes you different, pal? <laughs> Guy? <laughs> you were so. I mean, it's funny because you were right. He right? was right. Yeah. But I, I'm sure that Herm is sitting there like, who is this guy? This what guy. do you mean? Why, Mike? Why? Uh, and I know the sports information people, and they told him, hey, this guy's an ASU grad. So he's thinking softball city. No, no, that's not the way I was brought up, man. Let's take it to the task. I have a vested interest in this thing here, man. And so I'm not going to just shuck and jive with you. What makes you so different? Turns out you're not different. (laughs) He's another guy in five years who isn't going to be there. Get the freaking thing right. Utah, Chris Hill got it right, and Harlan knows to keep the guy employed. If they can get it right in Salt Lake, you you should be able to get it right in other places too. It's not that difficult. Now, I'm not talking about to the level of Alabama or Ohio State. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that. But at least find a way to be in contention like two out of every three, three out of every four years. There's no reason why these schools can't do that. And we'll see what Fish has done in Arizona. He had a good recruiting class. He's got some momentum. Obviously, it's going to take two or three classes. But that's what you need to do. And and you talk about uh, players leave. My gosh, the tons of talent in Arizona, and they just can't get out of there fast enough. Pick off a few, would you? Make sure you keep some guys home in the conference. That's the number one thing they need to do. They need to address the exposure situation, and they need to address keeping guys home. Shrard here, he's a quarterback from uh, Hall State. You know what kid he is, guys? No. Cucamonga kid. He's a, yeah, there you go. Now, wasn't that fun to say? Someone was listening. <laughs> He's a Cucamonga kid. Who was that? Was that Ben or Jake? I that was go. definitely Ben. Was definitely Ben. Jake hasn't gotten out of bed yet. Jake's broadcasting from his bed. Well, I, I do. <laughs> Jake's on remote. I do love hearing PK's thorough knowledge of the Southern California area, too. Should have been more, more dialed in there. I can give you wherever you want to go. Just ask me. And also, too, guys, before we leave. Please understand that the 80s Lakers were the greatest basketball team no. ever assembled. Just this, not called the dream team. Just this morning, I'm listening to DJ and PK. PK goes, oh, I'm just, I'm just not used to driving in this snow. It's not where I'm from, not who I... You've lived here for 30 years, yeah. PK. <laughs> You're not used to it. What are you talking about? You've I lived am, here for 30 no, years. No, I'm not used to it because I curl up when it snows. <laughs> I I listen to Sterling, and if he says snow in the morning, I can't sleep that night, man. And and a lot of times I called in sick. I can't do it, man. Or I, you were there as a producer. When it would snow, I'd roll in at a quarter to ten. <laughs> That's true. No, what are you talking about? You were You were super reliable in the morning. You were there at the same time every morning, and it was significantly earlier than David James, might I add. Right, because I've always had to work twice as hard as him to get where I'm at. And yet he wins all the freaking awards. And we interviewed Britton Covey the other day, and at the end of the interview, Britton looks at him and says, thanks, David. Hey, Britton, what about me? Life's easy when you're pretty. That's true. Oh, man, my gosh, I swore in multiple languages. Have we found out what Hall of Fame he got inducted into yet? 
He wouldn't tell me. I, I tried to get it out of him off the air. Yet. I mean, he's sort of Hall of Fames and Hitler like a dime a dozen. My gosh. Yeah, which one? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He wouldn't tell us either. He's like, yes, I am in I, the Hall I of think, Fame. I think it's a newly formed one. It's called the Geekwad Hall of Fame. <laughs> uh, PK, thank you for coming on. Enjoy the game tomorrow, buddy. Appreciate it. Okay, guys. Thanks. The Kukamunga kid himself. PK, Patrick Kinahan, Kinahan. 6 to 10, every single morning alongside David James. You guys got a switch, man. I tell you what. 30 the years. This guy's got a switch. <laughs> Lived here 30 years. That's incredible. I'm not used to driving That's not stuff. the person what? who exists off the radio. <laughs> not to cut through his, his sheen, but you talk to him in real life. That's not the person you talk to. And then he gets on the phone and you got a, just a totally different different he's, person. He's, he's, he's great PK. everywhere. I love PK everywhere, but that's just different than the guy I'm used to talking to. want to remind you about uh, America First Credit Union, this week's Las Vegas Raiders game against the Colts, brought by America First Credit Union, the exclusive home of the official Raiders debit card. All of the same great features and benefits now with the silver and black. Learn more at AmericaFirst.com slash Raiders. Raiders have to win to stay alive for the playoffs. Colts are really good. It's gonna be Colts an up- are pretty good. Uphill battle for my Raiders this weekend, Ben. Stay tuned. We'll We'll let you hear from Donovan Mitchell coming up next. Coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Utah, Utah, Ohio State. State. It's Rose Bowl week for the Utes, and we're getting you ready for kickoff. You're listening to Jake Scott and Ben Anderson on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Jacob Ben, 97.5 and 12 of the zone. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson. Jazz in action tonight. The T-Wolves are in town. Tip-off uh, coming your way a little after 7 o'clock. Pre-game begins at 6. Donovan Mitchell to make his return. Tonight, which is good. We kind of speculated on whether he'd play both games this weekend or neither game this weekend. I thought he'd just play one. I thought he'd just play one, but now I'm starting to feel like he's going to play both and the Jazz are resting uh, Mike Conley tonight. It doesn't sound like Joe Ingles is going to play either, so. Well, so they need him. So they really need him. Yeah, so and maybe he doesn't play tomorrow, but that's probably going to be a re- uh, reaction to you know how he, how he feels today. I think it's a good sign in the sense that, and this is a really obvious take. To be fair, take. Joe's questionable. Joe hasn't been right. ruled out tonight yet. So uh, This is a really obvious take, but you know we were told it was just a tweak. Probably woke up the next day and it tightened up on him or was sore or whatever. Just going to miss a road trip. How many times have we seen that turn into just going to miss a week? Oh, I'm just going to win Carlos Boozer. A couple of weeks. Infamously miss missed a month. 40 games one year with a hamstring that was going to cost him a weekend. Yeah, right. So, that was tied to contract negotiations. <laughs> I'm glad that you know, nothing nefarious. I'm glad it didn't turn into anything lingering or, or so it would appear. Correct. Yeah, we'll see. Net backs can get tweaked, but that was the whole thing is about avoiding a, a further tweak. And I don't think they'd bring him back unless because there's no point really. I mean, lose, lose a game against the T-Wolves on a Friday night at home. Who cares, right? So I, I I would take that as a good sign. In fact, let's hear from the man himself. Here's Donovan Mitchell and his shoot around sound. Hey Don, first of all, how's the back feeling after a few days off? Um, feeling better. Um, I'm ready to go, and I'll I'll be ready to to play tonight. Is it kind of normal minutes you're expecting, or is there any kind yeah, of worry about that? Back to normal. No, we're we're all good. I wanted to ask you about uh, you got the chance to be on the broadcast uh, for for the game. And then uh, I, I'm curious, you know, you've kind of done some of those media things before. You've kind of been part of the draft coverage and everything. And I guess, why do you like doing that maybe more than some other players do? And, and kind of what's fun about that for you? Um, 
I mean, it's something that I'm looking to do post career. Um, as of now, you know, I had, that's how it's been for me. I've always wanted to do that. If I wasn't playing, I wanted to be, you know, kind of be the bowler Jack and, and those guys and thorough and all of them and Harley, but you know, that's kind of been my thing. That's what I, uh, studied in college, majored in college of communications. And, you know, for me, that's just one way to kind of work on that and also be a part of the, the game. I think it's, it's pretty cool. Um, as far as doing the draft and other things, I think it just gives you another side because at the end of the day, you know, you play basketball, but you know, there's other things to life too, you know, and there's other things to figure out if I, if I like you, I can't just retire and then say, this is what I want to do. I have to kind of have an idea of this is, do I like, do I want to do this? Do I enjoy the preparation? You know, doing the broadcast on a game is different than when I did the rising stars game, when you had to actually prepare and look at notes and, and do stuff like that and kind of have, you know, cues and stuff like that. So just having a, um, an idea of what I want to do, you know, when it's all, when it's all said done, I know it's early, but you know, still having a, a plan and being ready. Tony Jones. Donovan, what's the difference between, uh, what's the difference for you individually for when, uh, Mike plays versus a game like tonight when Mike doesn't play? Um, I think the biggest thing, you know, Mike's good at, you know, coming down and, you know, having plays on, on like in his back pocket, you know, and I think I kind of try and take that, you know, Ricky was the same way when he was here. Um, and when those guys had been out, you know, um, I had kind of take it upon myself to continue to not necessarily try to be them, but try to, you know, find ways to get guys in their spots and just do what I've been, been, been doing. Um, but at a higher level, I think that's the biggest thing. And just like at night, like tonight, you know, got to create, got to run plays and, you know, make it easier on guys. And, you know, at the end of the day, we all got each other's backs, you know, but it's not just me. It's, it's, it's Joe. We got Trent. We got JC. We got multiple guys who can bring up the ball, handle the ball, initiate offense, but just making it easier on everybody. Uh, that's been my job. And, when those guys are out, it's just even more important that I go ahead and do that, but, you know, not put too much pressure where I got to, you know, be, you know, this 12 assist guy. You know, I think I've, I've said that to y'all before where I've kind of put too much pressure on that. Just go out there and play my game and, you know, make the right reads and, and, and go from there. Eric Walden. Don, I actually kind of wanted to ask you about the flip side to that. Just having been out the last couple of games and, and getting a chance to watch the team, what the team does, what do you see them have to do a little bit differently in the games when you're not playing? Um, I think we've been doing uh, the three games I've missed. I think we've done a great job um, just moving the ball. You look at, you know, the score and the shots. It's, it's, it's pretty, you know, well-versed, you know, you, Mike has 10, Joe is 13, you know, it's pretty well-versed throughout the, throughout the lineup. Rudy's been, you know, especially the past two games, Rudy's been, you know, phenomenal down low. So uh, I think honestly, we've done a great job just continuing to, you know, move the ball and, and initiate offense. And like I said, when you have guys uh, like Joe, Mike, um, JC, Trent, like guys who can initiate, move the ball, experience, know what they're doing, know our offense, it's it's fairly easy when the next one one guy kind of comes out, you know, and it's 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 big time to to see that, you know, on a nightly basis. Um, I don't plan on making that a, a habit to be out, but you know, in the in the event, you know, it's great to know that you know, these guys have my back. And on the flip side, Mike's out, we have Mike's back. Fallout from Andy Larson. Uh, Don, you're one of the. I, you're actually number one on the list of most efficient pick and roll scorers in the in the NBA this season. Um, just as a scorer on those possessions, and I'm curious, you know, that's uh, how have you gotten to that level of efficiency? And you've talked about improving your reads. Kind of like what's what's been the process of getting here? Um, I think coming off and you know, it's not 
all right, this is a shooting possession, this is a passing possession. I think that was where I was at early in my career. Um, I had not ran too many pick and rolls before that and, and, and um, coming in being the scorer, so that was kind of new for me. So as I get to every offseason, just trying to find ways where I struggled, uh, improving the mid-range, improving my finishing, uh, the three balls. So I've tried to improve in all three levels. I think that's helped for one. Um, making every level a threat, you know, especially the three ball, making that a threat, you know, being able to get downhill. Um, and then nights where I got it going from three, continuing to, to rely on that. But then also um, creating and finding guys has been something that I've really take, took pride in. Um, and when you do that, now everybody has to stay home. And now it's just, you know, two on two, you know, me and the big or me and whoever. And then when you have the dynamic rollers like we have in Hassan and, and Rudy, it makes my life a hell of a lot easier uh, to get in there and, and do what I do. So it's just been gradual progression throughout the year, knowing where I like the ball, knowing where I, I can get to and kind of manipulating the defense. Um, but, you know, it's got to continue to grow and it's not perfect. And I got to, even though I'm number one now, I got to find ways to continue to grow and, you know, and get, and get better each game and each day. There's Donovan Mitchell, and it uh, sounds like he thinks his back is fine. Yeah, and you know he kind of talked about it on Saturday after the game. That was Christmas, uh, that he thought he was fine. He came back and dunked. He just tweaked it a little bit, and then obviously woke up Sunday morning, and it was a little stiff. And they said, we can probably win these games without you, and they were right, so he stayed home. And that couldn't be an end up being better for the Jazz. You know, you, you get a little bit stronger when you play with a weakness, and then you come back and you get that strength back, and everyone learns how to play a little bit better. But I do think it's interesting hearing him talk about learning how to play in the pick and roll as you heard him ask there about being the most efficient uh, pick and roll player in the NBA number three on that list is Mike Conley so the common thread there is that Rudy Gobert is an incredibly good basketball player and makes everyone around him better because all of a sudden he has two of the top three pick and roll players in the league but also credit to Donovan for getting way better at that because I, I, I don't think it's you could probably argue that Donovan's having the best season of his career he's not shooting as best he ever has not from the three point line and his points per game are down but when he's on the floor the Jazz are so much better than they have been in years past you know it was kind of last year they were so reliant on Rudy and Mike Conley being on the floor together to get that huge plus minus and then the rest of the job for the team was just to kind of not lose it and now they're building leads with Donovan Mitchell on the floor he's been so much better in that regard and I do think some of that is just an understanding of how to run an offense and how to truly run an offense not play within an offense and I think that's one of the things he's doing so interesting to hear him talk about that because if his three-point shooting does come back and it's grown every month so far this season. His best month this season shooting was December, a little bit less in November, a little bit less in October. If January, February, he gets back to that you know, 38 39%, and he's running the pick and roll that well, look out, because he's going to average 33 points a game. He's, just, he's too good. He's too unstoppable in isolation. And then the pick and roll in the regular season is just an unstoppable play, if you have guys that can score. Well, I mean, <clears throat> hearing those pick and roll numbers, Ben, it's... it's you know, simple game. It's the whole reason that uh, teams play the switch defense against them. It's the best way to combat yes. the pick and roll because you really negate its effects. And the Jazz have to figure out something else, which is hard to do. I mean, you think about a, a run team in football. If the other team stops what you do best, well, then you have to go to option B. And by definition, option B isn't going to be as good as option A. Right. So when you're that good at running the pick and roll... A team is going to, you know, go to extreme measures to stop it. It's the reason we see it so much. Yeah, and one of the things that the Jazz did well without Donovan Mitchell over the last two games was abuse those switching teams. Yep. And they passed the ball down to 
Hassan Whiteside or Rudy Gobert underneath the rim, as Quinn Snyder talked about yesterday, fighting for the rim, really getting underneath the basket. So you don't have to shoot from three feet or four feet or eight feet. You're just turning around and you've got a layup or you're getting fouled. What Donovan Mitchell needs to do now to continue to get better is make that pass. Yep. He doesn't always make see that pass. See the pass. pass he doesn't it. always, yeah, see it or make it. And Quinn said yesterday, well, like soon enough, right? Quickly enough? Correct. If you yeah. let even a smaller guy, if you let him find his bearings or his footing, even against a seven footer, underneath the rim, he's going to be able to anticipate a pass and poke it away or at least deflect it, whatever he has to do to make it harder for Rudy or Hassan to score. So Donovan more quickly, the way Joe Ingles does and the way Mike Conley do, which was makes sense, they're both kind of more naturally point guards, he needs to recognize that quickly when they're underneath the hoop and get them the ball. And that can make him an even better teammate and a better passer and raise his assists and get the Jazz offense playing even better. So there's still, there's still room for growth in his, uh, in, in his future, and he's still only 25 years old, and I, I think it's pretty clear he's a top 10 player in the NBA at this point in his, in his career. So, you know, as guys age... You know, and that's that is just part of the league. You get better because other guys around you get worse. Uh, he, there's there's no question he could get up to being a top five player in the NBA if he wants to. Central Michigan just scored again. This they're, is pathetic. They're up this on Washington pathetic. State, twenty-one. You're getting blanked to zero by the chips. By you gave a, up a forty-yard punt return that you know got him into the red zone again by a team that was supposed to be pathetic. playing in a different bowl game. This is pathetic. Yesterday, this is pathetic. Pac-12 has been pathetic in the bowl game. And you know what? Here's the thing. Going back to our conversation with PK, I, I get why the SEC may not care about some of their bowl games. I get why Ohio State might not be as high in the Rose Bowl as Utah is this year. And that shouldn't Utah fans shouldn't care. You can go win the game. You win a Rose Bowl, yeah. no one's going to care in 10 years. The Pac-12 should care about their bowl games. No one has any respect for the Pac-12. They should come out on their national stage to play against teams that aren't in their conference and show that they care by beating Utah State, by beating Wisconsin, by beating Central Michigan. Central Michigan. The Kevin Grahams, the Chips. Or or or, or, uh, excuse me, Oklahoma. You should Opportunity care. to make some waves. O- Oregon didn't care against Oklahoma. No. It was they were down thirty to three, and now you're down twenty one to zero to the chips. Come on, will you care? Will you care? That's all anyone's asking for in the Pac twelve. Will you just care? And they don't. It's it's pathetic. Can I tell you what really bo- bothered me about that bowl game? And tell me if I'm way off base. Which one? The the Oregon Oklahoma okay. one. That whole TV broadcast was about Bob Dern Stoops. Yeah. He didn't do anything. No, no. He just showed up to be on Inherited TV money. at the bowl game. Yep, third base. So annoying. Why would they make that whole – if I were a player on that team, I'd be so bent out of shape. Like all they did was talk about Bob Stoops. Bob's been here for five minutes. His kid scores a touchdown and he gives him a hug on the sidelines and good heavens it leads every newscast in the country. Yeah, I told him to do that. Gets credit for Oklahoma winning. I told them to go out there and play like that. Come on, Bob, go away. I was so annoyed. So annoyed. Honestly, Ben, if there are what what's a what's a college football travel staff players, how many how many people? Like 300? No, not quite uh, no. that. 200. Probably. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could talk about staff and coaches and everything. Yeah, 150, so 200 something like that. Yeah. Well, of those, let's just call it 150. Fine. Out of those 150 people, where would you rank Bob on responsibility for, this for that season win? For no, for that win. Yeah, that win right. in particular. Considering everything that goes into it. Yeah. Yeah, he's Well, let's see there's 75 players that travel something like that in college. Yeah, but at bowl games it's like 100. So yeah, he's in the top top 110. 
Okay, right about there. Yeah. yeah. Of the 150, he's yeah. easily in the top 110 guys there. Responsible for that win. Yet, what percentage of the airtime was wasted talking about him? 80. Just 80%. incredible. Yeah, right. Just incredible. Give the, he doesn't even have to do with anything. But the coaches are the stars of college football. We've talked but about that. But not him. But we don't know how to he not say do, it's him. He didn't do anything. You know, we don't know how to talk about it otherwise. <laughs> it's like when Barry Alvarez stepped back into the role at Wisconsin to yep. coach a bowl game. Yep. What an ego trip. But, you know, Miami's whole Miami's entire season next year is going to be about Mario Cristobal, and they're not going to be any good. But he's at least their coach. He is at least their coach. Correct. Bob Stoops is just a guy yeah. who uh, showed up. What's going to be the storyline tomorrow? I mean, I think certainly the, the Ty Jordan and Aaron Lowe conversation is going to be a big talking point tomorrow during the Rose Bowl. That's obvious. That's it. What's going to be the number two storyline that people are going to talk about? I do think it's Ohio going to be, State opt outs. Yeah, I do think unfortunately it's going to be Chris Olave unless, not coming. Unless Devin Lloyd does something bananas. goes Devin Lloyd. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's possible. But I do think it's going to be the opt outs. It's going to be the main talking point on the broadcast. That is not Ty Jordan and Aaron Lowe, rightfully so. Want to remind you about our friends at Zero Res. Uh, going through the holidays, Zero Res can help you clean up before and after the festivities, keeping your carpets clean well into 2022. Give them a call, 801-288-9376. Book online, ZeroResSaltLake.com. Up north, ZeroResDavisWeber.com. That is Zero Res. Wrap it up the show next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's game week for the youths as they prepare for the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl. Keep it locked on the zone all week long as the zone gets you ready for the biggest game in Utah football history. As Kyle Whittingham and the youths square off against Ohio State. Get live up to the second coverage with Patrick Kinahan, Alex Keery, and Scott Mitchell. Live from Pasadena, your home for the best Rose Bowl coverage in Utah. It's right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Jacob Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Wrapping things up, getting you ready for Hanson, Scotty G. Scotty G, I know he was here yesterday, but is in the house. Is here. He was filling us in on some of his travel adventures. I haven't seen lately. Is the canceling the flights thing still a thing? It is. In fact, I just saw something come across my Twitter of a family that's been trying to get to California for about 36 hours. Oof. I would be so grumpy. And if you're leaving today to drive down there, that's tough. We got a lot of snow. So hopefully everyone's out down there and safe and certainly have no incidents. We want just uh, safe, happy people. Are you buying the number 60,000 youth fans are going to be at the No, game? I bet it's like 35, 40, something like that. I know they've sold 35,000 through just Utah's alone. alone. And then there's all the other places you can get tickets. You can, a lot of Utah fans were buying them through Ohio State because it was cheaper, apparently, because they were just trying to get fans to go. Uh, so I know some fans did that. And then there will be just some casual walk-ins and giveaways and whatever. The way they do... I, I don't think 60, but maybe it's a huge stadium, obviously. You know, universities are on the hook for X amount of tickets that yeah. they like have to buy. Right. That's why there's such a price fluctuation based on who you buy it through, which seems like an entirely ridiculous system or way to sell bowl tickets. But if you're, you're telling me that there were 35,000 confirmed ticket sales through the University of Utah, then I would say 60,000 is possible. Yeah, you can probably get there. I don't know if they will. That seems unlikely to me. But if that's true, 
and there's 35 official Ute tickets sold. Well, here's the thing. they could get there. I know that there aren't 35,000 Ohio State fans going. No. So Utah's going to outnumber Ohio State fans big time. And then, you know, A, it's so much easier to get there. You can drive. You can take a very cheap flight. Uh, so that'll be good. It'll be fun. But I know for sure whether there's 35,000 Ute fans or 60,000 Ute fans, it's still going to be at worst, what, two to one? Will we even know, though? Because the Buckeyes colors are they're also Yeah, they're also going to wear the red and the black. But Utah, are the Utah fans going to wear all white? Is that what they're going next? That's what the uniforms are. Is that right? a thing? Well, I mean, the uniforms are going all white. Maybe that's what you do to go and show your uh, show your pride down there for the team, for the colors they're wearing. Maybe you just go the other way so you can really stand out with like a lime green. I don't have a lot of local gear uh, of local teams. I have a BYU blanket they gave us at uh, Media Day a few years ago. You get a couple of weird jazz things. I've gotten a bobblehead sent to me one time. So I've got those Rose Bowl Utah sweatshirts, I tell you, are just incredible. That would be fun to have a, a little bit of memorabilia like that if you're a Utah fan. That's that's as good of a piece of memorabilia as I've seen come through the state of Utah for any of our sports in a really long time. That's it's a pretty beautiful sweatshirt, I think. And they're not even selling them, right? They're not selling them to, oh, the players got them. I don't know if they're going to be like at the, the team store. See, Ben, I think I'm going to move away from clothes as souvenirs. Have I told you about this? Okay. So recently, are you a nudist or what are you talking no, about? No, no, no. Like I've got, I've got a moving away of, from clothes in general. As no, just as marking times or souvenirs or that sort of thing. Sure. Because right now I'm basically being forced to get rid of clothes. Yeah, which we're is fine. Out of room or whatever. Yeah. But it makes it that much harder to part ways with it. I just got rid of a 2002 Utah Olympic sweatshirt. Oh, did you? Yeah. You know I have the beret. Do you still? Oh yeah. So you can never get rid of that. No. Now it's you're a classic. just stuck with it. Better than a gold medal. I'll probably wear it to work. I'll wear it to work on Monday. But I had to get rid of it. I've got all these great t-shirts yeah. from trips and like all yeah. this mark the time stuff that I don't want to get rid of, but uh, have to. Yeah, I get that. So now I'm going to get something that, uh, I don't know. I'm not going to bring home souvenirs at all. It's over. Memories, that's it. Yeah, you got to pick and choose. you got to be really choose. Here's the thing. I don't think you're probably judicious enough in your decisions. I bet you kind of buy one on every trip. I and do. you travel a lot. You kind of you have a lot of road trip stories. You've got a lot yeah. of like I was in Vegas or I went to Wyoming or whatever. Right. And you're like you you probably commemorate a lot of things. I do. So I don't. I don't have a lot of those. So I could pick like a Utah Rose Bowl sweatshirt and be like, oh, that's, be okay that's a fun thing it. to remember. Like, hey, I mean, 2021 was a big year. Like I moved onto the radio with Jake Scott. It was a big deal. Yeah. I met Miracle Megan. PK. I get to talk to PK every once in a while. I'm sorry. It's a big year. It's a big year for Ben, so maybe I'll do it as a commemorative uh, moment of the year. Hopefully you have a lot of, uh, of uh, interest in Southern California geography if you're, kid. if you're talking to PK. <laughs> Hopefully that's your wheelhouse. Different Southern California neighborhoods. Yeah. All right. Southern uh, California, it's all one big lump to me. Hans and Scotty are coming up next. We want to remind you about the Ford Fan Zone on Level 6 tonight at the Utah Jazz Game, where they have free Papa Shot games, cornhole and foosball tables. Enjoy incredible city and mountain views while relaxing, enjoying food and drink, taking in the game, and socializing with friends. The Ford Fan Zone. Ben, you have a happy new year at your bougie party. See you next year, guys! I'm excited See for you. See you next year, Miracle Megan! Happy New Year. Uh, happy New Year to everybody out there listening. Be safe, please. Absolutely, but uh, have a little fun, too. Call yourself an Uber, walk, whatever you're going to do. Hanson Scotty next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. 
More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.